Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Chris Felton. He's a financial services entrepreneur, author of a book called Couples Money, What Every Couple Should Know About Money and Relationships. Welcome to the Money Answer Show, Chris. Jordan, thanks for having me. Decided for today. A little history of how you got to where you are today. Just a brief history. Um, Well, just, uh, you know, went went to high school, uh, graduated Colorado State University, accounting degree, uh, did did seven years with uh, Big Six Public Accounting, and decided uh, I wanted to get my life back and started my entrepreneurial venture and started my own financial services company. Uh, about 22 years ago, so uh, just turned 50 with two kids, a wife, and a and a yellow lab puppy, and uh, and here we are, <laughs> want to make a big impact. What, tell us a little bit about your financial services business. What do you do with your business? Um, you know, our our whole our whole main business is uh, our mission is we want to stamp out and eradicate financial illiteracy in the United States. So we believe the number one economic problem in the world is the fact that people don't know how money works. So we are, uh, my business partners wrote a book called How Money Works, Stop Being a Sucker. It's a great book, number one selling financial book of all of 2020 and 2021. And so um, our goal is to get uh, tens of millions of those books out, teach people how money works, coach, teach, train, and mentor them. Um, so they can make great decisions because, as you're probably aware, Jordan, about 96% of Americans retire broke. And, so why, uh, why is there so much financial illiteracy? We've got uh, courses in high schools. There's CNBC. There's magazines. There's all kinds of financial education out there. Why are people illiterate? Yeah, I mean, I'm in I'm in Colorado. There, there's not a lot of classes actually. They actually voted down the budget, um, so it's it's not really taught where I am, and you know, so schools don't teach it the majority of the time. Um, I believe our industry isn't super excited about letting you know. We uh, we believe that the less people know, the more our industry makes. Um, so we think there's some conflicts there. But where my work, where I spend a lot of time, and it's part of our book, Couples Money, is uh, the way our belief systems are programmed at, a, at an early age and how United States villainizes wealth um, with the belief systems that we're given uh, as a child and how they harden over time. It's uh, it's almost impossible to become wealthy unless you kind of do the work that I did, which is uncover those beliefs and uh, replace them with something a little more uh, in alignment with uh, becoming successful with money. So we're going to go into great detail about how couples can do better with their money, but just overall... What is the big problem that is causing couples to argue about money and, and have such issues over money? Well, uh, I have a, a first marriage that didn't work, and uh, so I experienced it, and then a second marriage where it did work, and I've experienced that. But uh, it, I really believe, Jordan, people have a lot of, uh, I call it head trash around money. Um, it's very emotional. It's rooted in childhood. It's a very uncomfortable conversation, and so my first marriage didn't work because me and my wife had a massive gap in expectations, and uh, that's the ruination of most relationships. So she had her beliefs that she thought 
were uh, true and right, and I had mine, and we had no way to communicate, and uh, I took that into my second marriage, but uh, turned it around, thankfully. So when you're dating somebody, before you marry them, what are some of the conversations you should have to see if you're going to be compatible in, in the money world? Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we actually cover a, a lot of that in the book, um, but it, it's it's starting to have that conversation early on. You know, are they a spender? Are they a saver? Um, you know, what did your parents teach you about money? What do you know about money? It's it's about having, you know, a conversation prior to versus, you know, what most people did and what my second and last wife, Marlo, did, which was, oh, he's cute. Uh, he looks successful. I'll marry him, and then we'll have the conversation after the fact. <laughs> so that didn't work out too well. So um, so we, we have some good questions, uh, making sure that people get on the same page. A spender and a saver can, uh, can coexist. We've proven that out. But, um, you know, we believe that couples need to have some unifying money goals. And unfortunately, 60% of people divorce over money, and they don't have a unifying money goal um, to, uh, to shoot for. You're saying at the beginning that people should share their early experiences as they grew up with money. What are some of the things that they should go over in having that conversation to see if they're compatible? Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, what did mom tell you? What did dad tell you? You know, I mean, I think that's, that's super important because, you know, from ages zero to four, our, our belief systems are, are formed whether we like it or not. We, we have no ability to accept or reject any ideas. And so those first four to 10 years really set the stage. So I think doing a deep dive in, in, in childhood, um, I think trying to figure out is the person you're talking to, the personality type, a controller, a supporter, uh, an analyst, um, you know, what, what's their personality in general? So we, we go through that. But I, th I think it, it, it is rooted, we believe, because I experienced it, Jordan, what mom and dad told you dictate in a big way how you show up even decades later. So is it usually that people do the same thing that they were taught as children, or do they react against it and do the opposite? If their parents were, for example, depression era, scared and penny pinchers, and you, you think of the baby boomers that came after them as kind of free-spending liberal kind of the exact opposite does that is there often an interplay of generations like that yeah and it's you know our experience as, as my wife went out and you know spent a lot of time interviewing self-made you know couples that had wealth in all areas of their life um we found that it was it was split between you either went with it or you went way in the exact opposite direction but there was still that route there and so I went way in the opposite direction, but I still had some strong beliefs around being wealthy, uh, you know, having wealth being a bad thing. Um, rich people are crooks. That's the stuff my, my dad told me, right? They make money on the backs of poor people. Um, so unconsciously, I was pushing my money and my wealth away because I was told at a very young age that being wealthy was not a good thing. So it's, it's a super interesting topic, and uh, most people don't really explore 
their belief systems around money because it takes work. So can you consciously reject what your parents brought you up with and go the opposite direction? Or how does that process work? Uh, you, you, you can, but in the, in the first four years, you have no ability to accept or reject anything. So the, the accepting and the rejecting usually comes you know, a little later in life. I made those decisions in college. I was going to do the exact opposite. But the power of the subconscious mind is such that um, there was still that root, Jordan, <laughs> that I was unaware of that was really driving unconsciously me to make stupid financial decision after the stupid financial decision. So even though I was going the other way, I hadn't looked at the, the, the unconscious belief systems and I just kept sabotaging my money. I had no idea until I sat down and actually did the work. So why don't you give me an example of that, how that uh, early impression that uh, money is evil, rich people are evil and all that gave you sabotage financial decisions. Just give us an example of that. Yeah, well, um, I mean, there's lots of examples of, you know, 90% of lottery winners are dead broke or in jail inside of 10 years. Um, you see big athletes, you know, they get these huge contracts and, and they're broke much later in life. Uh, you know, Mike Tyson, I mean, he was an example. He, he used to say, money goes through my hands like, you know, uh, like, like sand. Um, so for, for me, I didn't even know I was doing it. Uh, if, if you're rooted in it's not okay to be wealthy, I bought the home I couldn't afford. Why? Because I wanted to move, I wanted to push my money away from me. I drove the cars that I didn't, you know, that I couldn't afford. I mean, I made stupid business decisions, Jordan, like signing really bad leases. And so unconsciously, I was buying into the fact that wealthy people aren't good people. So let's go do stupid stuff to prove at an unconscious level <laughs> that I'm right. And whatever those belief systems are, you want to stay true to your identity. It's one of the most powerful forms in the world. So you will do things to stay true to the identity of rich people are bad people. So why would I want to look rich? I need to put, I need to spend money and get my wealth away from me so I don't become one of those people. So what you're saying is if you're conscious of that, then you will not make those bad decisions going forward. Only after you, like I said, maybe we can talk about the, some of the work that I've done, some of the work that I coach people on doing, until you actually sit down and get to the symptom is I'm broke. The root is what thoughts, beliefs, what stories do you make up around money that you're unaware of? And it wasn't until my wife was seriously thinking about leaving me <laughs> that I actually sat down and said – what do I really think about this? And uh, it, it's, it's a powerful tool to be able to think about what you think about. Indeed. Uh, your second chapter, you talk about identifying money personalities and stories. How do you do that? Um, yeah. So, I mean, we, we, we lay it out there of, you know, the, the, the analyst, the, you know, the controller, the analyst, the promoter or the, or the supporter. And, controllers which my wife is she has a tremendous need to be in control she has to make the decisions so it's pretty obvious the way she is analysts overthink supporters 
need to have fun, right? We're going to go through each of these in detail. We have to take a break. We're going to go through all the different types very quickly. Okay. We're going to take a break right now. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Chris Felton. Uh, he is a, a resident financial services business and is the author of a book called Couples Money, What Every Couple Should Know About Money and Relationships. And you can find out more about that at his website, couplesmoney.com. We'll be back after this. Nobody Girl. likes the guy who says, I told you so. The guy in 1991 who said to you, invest in the internet, it's going to be huge. Or the guy in 1997 who said, come on, this is going to be big. They call it social media. And the guy in 2009 who said, I'm telling you, man, crypto is real. Now, I'm not going to be that guy who says, I told you so. But I am telling you that there is a 21-year-old international company where you can become a global project partner earning a passive income doing exactly what you're doing at this moment. No selling, no recruiting clients, no administering a business after hours. Visit www.mypassiveincome.life now. That's mypassiveincome.life. Don't let history repeat itself on this one. Earn a passive income. Now listen again. That's mypassiveincome.life. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Chris Felton. He is the author of a book called Couples Money, What Every Couple Should Know About Money and Relationships. You can find out more at his website, couplesmoney.com. Welcome back to the show, Chris. Yeah, man, this is this is good stuff. Thanks for having me once again. So we were talking about the different money personalities. Let's just briefly go through them. The controller is the first one. So what is a controller and how does one deal with a controller? They need to be right. Controllers need to be right. The way you deal with them, like I deal with my wife, is you make it their idea. <laughs> <laughs> the next one is the promoter. What are promoters about and how do you deal with promoters? Uh, promoter, I'm a little more like that. They need to have fun. And so for any money goal that my wife and I set, we usually have a trip planned afterwards where we can go have some fun. The next one is the supporter. Tell us about supporters and how do you deal with supporters? They need to be loved. That's their need. And uh, usually spending money around their family and their loved ones. So having goals set for them that way. And then the next one is the analyst. What what drives an analyst and how do you deal with analysts? Um, they're challenging. <laughs> they, their fear is making a bad decision. 
So we got to make sure that we give them the data they need, but we got to pin them down on what are the two or three things they need to see in order to make a move. Um, otherwise, uh, they'll get paralysis by analysis and not ever move forward. So, so that's I, that crew. I, you're not only one of them. You may have different aspects of this, but one may, may be more dominant than the other. Is that the idea? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I call myself a recovering CPA, right? So I have some, uh, I got some analyst stuff in me. I can get in the weeds, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm more, of a, more of a promoter. My wife is straight, straight controller so uh she's uh she's pretty much in that that camp so you what are you supposed to do with this now you talk to your partner about your money personality and and how you deal with it i mean this is something you should discuss openly right yeah yeah absolutely i mean part of early on what wasn't working was i was i was managing the money controlling the money uh because i thought i knew better and the single best financial decision i ever made was hand the reins over to my wife, even though my ego didn't want me to do that. And so I was fighting her controller instinct, and guess what? It was making her massively uncomfortable. And, um, you know, we, we figured out where we stood here and uh, delegated financial responsibilities accordingly. Now, you say in your next chapter that it's all about delusion, that couples can keep each other delusional. What do you mean by that? Well, de delusional is having what I call no relationship to results. So they don't know what's going on financially. They, they, they don't have a budget. They don't know what's coming in. They don't know what's coming out. Um, my form of delusion was things will just keep getting better. And I didn't want to look at basically the massive debt I'd created, Jordan, um, the stupid stuff I did. I mean, I, I created a, a huge, huge mess and I didn't want to look at it. So it's just easier to be one of my favorite quotes is uh, optimism and delusion sleep in the same bed together. So uh, <laughs> my optimism was delusion. And what happened is it just kept getting worse until uh, until we had our bottoming out in about 2008. So how does one get out of it? That sounds like a pretty painful process to get out of a delusional situation. How do you do that? Well, um, I mean, as a couple and even as a single, I mean, it's you got to look at what I call what is your point A? I mean, every GPS system, Google Maps, whatever you want to call it, they have a point A and a point B. And so it's really understanding where am I? And so we looked at budget, we looked at the debt I'd created, we looked at our lack of reserves, our lack of savings. Um, we had to look at where we were. You know, any good company has a balance sheet uh, and a, and a P&L statement. And so it was really about where are we? And yep, a little bit painful, but, um, you know, uh, being broke's painful too. So uh, it was it was worth sitting down and coming to grips with uh, where, where our point A was. So you're saying sometimes it's best to get a financial planner or some kind of an outside view of this to give you straight feedback because you can't do it yourself. You're going to stay in delusion. Is that correct? Yeah. I, I believe people need a second set of eyes. Um, I believe money's emotional. And when emotion goes up, intelligence goes down. <laughs> and that was part of you know, the mess I'd created back in the day was, uh, was delusional. 
and my ego was like, "Hey, I don't want I don't want to have a second set of eyes. I don't want anyone to know how, you know how how stupid I've been with my money." But if I was going to stay married, we had to, uh, you know, get on the same page, and I had to fess up with uh, the mess I'd created back then. So, what does it take for somebody? I mean, you went through it yourself to allow somebody to take a look at that. You're embarrassed. You don't really want them to know all the things you've messed up. How do you get past that and open up so that somebody can help you? Well, I, I think, you know, I think ego can be, you know, deceiving. And it was really me realizing that others in my life were paying a pretty big price for me not owning up to what my financial situation was. So for what worked, what worked for me, Jordan, was I had to connect the prices that other people were paying for our financial mess and kids, my wife, you know, other people, um, the price they were paying w- was too big. So, you know, it's just like anything. Sometimes you have to be shook up a little bit in order to make change and you got to bust out of this comfort zone and people that are even having challenges around money, they stay in a comfort zone of, of broke. And, uh, if others are paying a price, sometimes you wake up and you're like, it's, it's too big. I gotta, I gotta start making some changes cause this is not sustainable. You said another emotion that comes with this is unworthiness. How does that affect the dynamic between a couple? Well, unworthiness is um, something that uh, is, is, is a man-made uh, belief system that happens once again in those formative years of zero to four. Um, and it's, it's like the plague uh, because if you don't feel like you're worthy or deserving of money, wealth, and success, then guess what? I had, I had it. I used to have it. You're going to sabotage you're going to uh, you're going to spend money. Um, sometimes it's a I call it a bottomless pit, and you're going to spend money just to make yourself feel better, and and it just doesn't work. So, um, being able to understand that that's working in your uh, in the other person, um, you can start doing the personal development work to to clean it up. And you know I got some ideas for that. So how do you go from there feeling unworthy? to feeling I deserve to be wealthy and successful. How do you make that switch? Yeah, usually the root of it, Jordan, is um, lack of forgiveness. It's, uh, um, and that, we, we could spend a whole show on that topic, but it's just people haven't forgiven other people, and most importantly, they hadn't forgiven themselves um, for whatever they did, they did wrong. And so that, was work I had to do because if you don't feel if you feel unworthy there's probably some forgiveness issues at the at the root of it and uh, my coach said you know I make a list of everyone you have a grievance towards and it was a big list <laughs> and he said if you're gonna if you're gonna create uh, you know long-lasting wealth whether you like it or not you got to quit resenting them you got to start going through some forgiveness of them and yourself. And for me, that was the key that shifted it all for me. Yeah. You said people also have a need for approval. How does that affect the dynamic between a couple? Well, that was me. So needing to look successful, needing to do this, needing to do that, uh, common terms called keeping up with the Joneses, um, usually causes people's lifestyle 
to be way more than they can afford. And uh, it's a big disease. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done on that. We forever will have approval issues, but we have to become aware of when they trigger us and we we do things that uh, aren't going to help us long term. So are you saying it's better not to need approval? That's not something you should be looking for? Um, to an extent, it's good until it becomes unhealthy. We all have it. We all have approval issues um, because that's how we got things when we were younger. Our parents approved of us. They gave us whatever, a car or, you know. Um, so it, it works just like anything else, Jordan, until it doesn't. So it's it's good to get people's approval, but often, which was me, I didn't approve of myself, and so I was outside constantly trying to get the approval of other people, and it's a bottomless pit. So it's good until it's not, if that makes sense. Yes. And then you say there's a lot of financial infidelity in couples. What, what do you mean by that, and why does that happen? Yeah, it's just um, it, they don't have – you know, once again, they don't have a unifying goal. Um, they they don't have they don't have money conversations, and so they uh, they do what I did. I was out happy hours, spending money, you know, on trips, um, doing you know things. My wife was you know buying shoes behind my back because she saw me spending money. It was kind of a vicious cycle. We call it revenge spending. Uh, probably nobody on your show's ever done this, <laughs> yeah. but it's. Uh, if you don't have a unifying goal and you don't have communication and conversations, then people go spend and the other one usually spends because you're spending. It's not good. So how do you deal with, if you're financially unfaithful to your partner? How do you deal with that? Do you have to come clean? That must not be easy. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you, you got to come clean, but you know, you got to create, systems um you know we talk about different buckets uh you know in our book uh one of the best tools we've ever had was uh you know we call it the fun fund the fun account probably saved our marriage um you got to allocate some money for some fun but once again you got to have that hey here's the goal we're going after and here's why it's important that we go after it and when you both agree on that then usually that type of spending um, stops. At least that was our experience. Okay. So you've seen this actually work before. F financial infidelity stops. Yeah. Yep. Worked for us. Absolutely. Is it something people can do on their own or that they need a psychologist or a therapist or somebody to help them get through that? Um, you know, I, I think people need coaching and guidance on the front end. We can't do it for them. But, you know, this, this is an area that we talk to with almost every couple. And, uh, and, and then I think once they're like, hey, here's what, here's what we want as a couple and here's why it's important, here's what it means, and they connect what I call compelling emotional reasons to the goal, it usually fixes itself, has been our experience. And this is something that you help couples get through. You're kind of a financial therapist to some extent, is that right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm, a, I'm an advisor on the how-tos, um, but yeah, I, I bring a lot of, of mentality and guidance and, um, you know, and I, I think that's the power of our story is whatever people are going through, we've been there 
and we have a good path on how to uh, lead people out of that so they can actually experience, uh, you know, financial relief and ultimately uh, prosper. Very good. We're going to take another break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Chris Felton. He's the author of a book called Couples Money, What Every Couple Should Know About Money and Relationships. You can find out more about it at his website, couplesmoney.com. We'll be back after this. Whether you're a crypto pro or a total beginner, you can finally earn Bitcoin the easy way. With the world's first Bitcoin rewards credit card from BlockFi, you can earn unlimited Bitcoin on every qualifying purchase you make. Introducing the BlockFi Rewards Visa Signature Card. It's the easiest way to get Bitcoin by just making everyday purchases. Grow your Bitcoin portfolio when you buy your groceries, pay your bills, fill up at the gas station, or have a meal or a restaurant. You can earn 1.5% back in Bitcoin on all qualifying purchases with no rewards limits. Plus, there's no annual fee and no foreign transaction fees. Just Bitcoin earned on every single qualifying purchase. Now's the time to start or ramp up your Bitcoin portfolio. Bitcoin saw a 230% annualized return last year and has been strong for most of this year as well. In fact, Bitcoin has been the best performing asset of the last decade, outperforming the NASDAQ 100 by 10 times. BlockFi is a leader in crypto and was named to Forbes FinTech 50 list in 2021. Plus, BlockFi is the easiest place to buy, sell, and earn crypto. There's no better time to sign up and start earning Bitcoin today. Right now, listeners to The Money Answer Show can earn a bonus of $25 in crypto after you make your first purchase with a credit card when you sign up at BlockFi.com money. That's a $25 bonus in crypto deposited right into your account after you make your first purchase. But you have to use my URL, which is BlockFi.com money. Start earning Bitcoin back on all your purchases today. Go to BlockFi.com money. Not all will be eligible. Geographic, regulatory, and underwriting restrictions apply. Fees and terms are subject to change. Additional terms of service at BlockFi.com. BlockFi is a financial technology company, banking services provided by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790, Voice America Business Network. Do you or someone you love have a life insurance policy that's no longer needed or not affordable? Did you know that you can sell your policy for cash? Your reason for buying life insurance has probably changed. Thousands of Americans turn to life insurance settlements to help sell their policies. They act as your representative, getting the highest market offer for you. You've got nothing to lose by simply inquiring. If you're over 64 with $100,000 or more of life insurance, you may already qualify. Call 877-485-6681 to get your free non-binding appraisal or visit FundingLife.com. Life Insurance Settlements. Discover the true value of your life insurance. 877-485-6681. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. 
You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Chris Felton. He's a financial services entrepreneur and author of the book, Couples Money, What Every Couple Should Know About Money and Relationships. His website is couplesmoney.com. Welcome back to the show, Chris. I'm, I'm ready to roll. Thank you. So we just talked about financial in, infidelity, and your next topic is what you call results and prices. How does that affect a couple's relationship about money? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think we covered a little bit. It's just not, under, not having a relationship to results. I hired a coach for four years to really hold me accountable on this topic of you know, saving money, driving my income. And he just said, you know, once again, you're delusional and, you know, (laughs) you have no relationship to results. You just work. You're kind of like a beach ball in the ocean of life. (laughs) So you're just kind of skating through life, but your results are not what they need to be. And it's going to cause you your second divorce. Is that the price you want to pay? And uh, I said, no. So once he woke me up out of my hypnotic state, then, uh, I started becoming more accountable and focusing on what results was I actually creating. And and the price is the price of de- your delusion. Is that what you mean by prices? Yeah, prices of delusion, price of you know the financial debt I created. It's just it's the prices that others pay. Often we don't make that connection. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't understand that. Yeah, our kids are impacted. You know, my dad was the king of you know, financial self-sabotage. And he didn't understand that by doing that, how he impacted, you know, ultimately my mom, who I think passed away way too early at 64. I think financial stress is what ultimately got her. Um, Five million killers in the United States today are all stress-related illnesses and cancer is one of them. And so he never, um, maybe he did later on in life, but he never made that connection of, I do something over here and this is how my family suffers. And, uh, I'm, I'm grateful. I had a coach that said, do you want to keep paying this price or do you want to change? Just to be clear, you do consultations over the phone. You're in Colorado, but you do them all over the country. Just tell us a little bit about the practice that you have in helping couples get through these issues. Yeah. I, I mean, I, we obviously have, have a practice of, you know, setting, um, you know, specific goals and, and doing that, but, but really it, it is, me getting a better understanding of, you know, what are their money stories? Um, you know, it was very valuable exercise to me. My coach said, Hey, grab a journal, write the word money down and write down everything you make up about that word. Um, cause as you know, Jordan, we are as humans are great storytellers. And so everything I made up about that word, about it being hard and difficult and not being good, there was, there was no, secret why I wasn't having wealth. I had a bad story, a bad relationship with money. So if I could change the story, I could change the results. So just helping people through exercises like that, um, because as you know, you can set a plan for somebody. You could do an identical plan for the other. It works for one. It doesn't work for the other. Why? It's the same plan. Well, it's the stories and the belief systems behind it that uh, either cause it to work or not. You also talk about projection and resistance as an obstacle to doing well 
what how can people overcome those yeah i think it's i think it's uh you know just just awareness um we project and you know when i would see someone that was wealthy you know i would make up stories of you know it's 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 fascinating um you know, we, we had uh, one of our founders that uh, helped me get the business going. He had his biggest month ever. And my wife and I were like resent, resenting him. We weren't celebrating his success. And then we, we caught ourselves. And it's like, oh, my God. Well, that, that's another reason why we're not wealthy. You know, he got lucky. He's this. He's that. We, we resented his success. And if you want to have success, you should appreciate it everywhere you everywhere you can. And so we cleaned that up pretty quick, Jordan. And then two months later, we had our biggest month. So projection is we see things in other people that we don't really like about ourselves. And so it's something to be massively aware of because it's something you need to shore up in you, not the other person. And you're saying the next step is to let go. What do you mean by that? Well, yeah, just, you know, for, for me, it was you know, letting go is, is a lifelong process where, you know, resistance is what, what's happening shouldn't be happening. And it is. <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of like having a flat tire, right? You have a flat tire and you go, this shouldn't be happening. Well, guess what? It is happening. <laughs> so yeah, the quicker you accept the flat tire and figure out, okay, what do I want? And what's the next thing I need to do? the better. And so when we resist things and we don't take 100% responsibility for what's going on financially and we get attached and, you know, it's someone else's fault, it's this or that, you got to let all that go. And you got to get to this kind of neutral space of it is what it is. I accept it. What do I want? What's next? Time to move on. So a lot of financial decisions, people are not acknowledging there's a flat tire is what you're saying. And just getting to that helps. Well, yeah, because it's, it's a funny thing. They don't want to look at because I did it. They don't want to look at it because they don't want to feel bad <laughs> about themselves. But the less they look at it, the more it's going to get worse. I mean, this, it's just it's – a, it's a cycle, man, and it's, uh, it, it's really bad. So the, the best thing you can do is figure out where you are. And, and if you're doing well, that's fine too. Know where you are because you don't have to be sick to get better either. So – you say a big problem in many people is they don't respect money enough. What do you mean by that? And how can you respect money more? Not only money, but people who have money. Yeah, for for me, it was, um, you know, I was losing the money game 5, 10, 15, 20 bucks at a time. And it's, you know, money's a relationship. And, you know, one of my, my friend was, uh, he said, if, if money was your friend, would money hang out with you? That was a great quote. Meaning, if money equaled stress, uh, you ignored it, uh, you didn't take care of it, uh, money's energetic. If, if you have a friend that creates stress, you ignore them, you don't take care of them, uh, you don't appreciate them, that friend's not going to stay with you very long. They're going to go someplace else. So money is a relationship, and you know what kind of relationship you have based on what's going on in your financial results. And so... Caring for money of all sizes is not the love of, it's, it's, it's a respect of. And when you respect that, uh, more shows up. At least that's been our experience. 
you say sometimes it's good for a couple to se segregate their funds into common money, some that's yours, some that's theirs. Why can't you just keep it all uh, one big common pot? Yeah, the, the black hole never really works because, you know, if you have money allocated for, you know, long-term investing and, you know, and then you go out and, and spend some of that for a short term, you know, whatever it is, uh, if you don't have that money segregated, you could be robbing from your future and you don't even know it. So the, the black hole usually doesn't work. You got to have that money separated, segregated. And if you don't, then what happens is you usually overspend. You don't know where you are. It usually creates debt and uh, creates lots of problems. And is it good for a, a couple to have their own money to do what they want with? You don't even question the kind of fun money? Yeah. Yep. As my wife's idea back in the day, we've had it for over 12 years, probably one of the greatest financial ideas she ever had. Um, my kids are, are flying in tomorrow for Thanksgiving and I got my money set aside and we're going to do whatever we want to do with that and have a blast. And I can tell you to the penny, Jordan, how much money's in that account right now. <laughs> yeah. So it's good stuff. So how do you make the, the psychological shift from this kind of stuck place to this more free place? Well, I think once again, where am I? What is it? Um, accepting where you are, giving yourself a past sins. This is what I had to do. And instead of continuing to look at where I was and resist where I was, which is creating more of what, uh, what was, then get clear on what you want and set a goal that emotionally charges you and gets you moving forward versus staying where you are. Very good. Okay, we're going to take another break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Chris Felton. He's a financial services entrepreneur. Uh, author of the book, Couples Money, What Every Couple Should Know About Money and Relationships. And you can find out more at his website, couplesmoney.com. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you a homeowner tired of making monthly mortgage payments with little progress towards paying down your principal? Does paying off your home in five to seven years without making larger or more frequent payments sound appealing? Paying off your home in full in five to seven years is really possible thanks to Truth and Equity's Mortgage Equity Optimization System, a money management approach that puts your money to work for you 24-7. If you own a home with some equity, have a decent credit score and verifiable income, you owe it to yourself to learn more about Truth and Equity's program. There's no need to replace your mortgage or refinance in many cases. The system works for new home purchases as well as current mortgages. Your home is your largest investment. Own it outright in five to seven years. Call Truth and Equity, 888-262-5540 or visit truthandequity.com, 888-262-5540. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Chris Felton. He is a financial services entrepreneur, author of the book Couples Money, 
what every couple should know about money and relationships. You can find out more at his website, couplesmoney.com. Welcome back to the show, Chris. We're in the home stretch. I'm excited. What can people find at couplesmoney.com? Um, they can find a complimentary one-hour coaching session from me, value of uh, $500 there. And uh, they can find the book, and they can find um, – we have a four-week uh, couples financial uh, transformational blueprint, um, different talks that I've done on the mindset around money, all, all sorts of uh, great resources great. for people. You talk about multiple streams of income to be entrepreneurial. Is that a good solution for a lot of people? I mean, many people are brought up to be employees, not business owners. How does one become an entrepreneur if you've been an employee? Yeah, I mean, that's that's part of my, really my big mission is I want to I turn people from employee to entrepreneurs just because uh, I don't think it's optional anymore. I think we're entering what's called, uh, if you Google the term gig economy, that's what we're entering is a gig. And... Um, they just as an employee, it's almost impossible to make enough money uh, in the United States because of inflation, all sorts of other things. And so, very important you sit down, figure out what you're passionate about, um, keep your day gig like I did back in the day, and start something on the side. And that's one of the things I do as well, Jordan, is I help people brainstorm on what businesses can they do in their spare time and part-time hours. It's not it's just not optional anymore. You got to do it. You talk about having a financial GPS system. What do you mean by that? Yeah, financial GPS is just uh, just more of the same. Like this is where I am and this is where I'm going. That's what my wife and I do our point A with our income, our net worth, uh, different business things that, you know, business goals that we have, our point B about where we want that to be by the end of the year and then we set quarterly focus points because if you give yourself 12 months you will coast (laughs) and you'll probably become what I call being a goal setter not a goal achiever so we're really good at taking the annual goal breaking it down in a quarter and then just weekly getting focused on the strategies tactics and processes that you need to do weekly to move towards what it is you're going after, and then doing a weekly course correction, small course corrections, 52 of them throughout a year, will transform your world versus what most people do, Jordan. They uh, January 1st rolls in, they, they, they try to change 25 things at once, and they never do it. They give up, and then they do the process again the following year, and nothing changes. So that's stuff we coach people on. You're saying the result of that can be what you call financial intimacy. What does that mean? You know, just uh, just being on the same page. Um, you know, just being being in harmony. Um, you know what, what each other wants. Um, you accept each other for for where you are. You're not trying to change the other. Um, you're unified. You know, emotionally, spiritually, financially, and uh, it's a good place to be. And it's uh, it's a force to be reckoned with when a couple is together. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's two times more powerful. I think it's ten times more powerful, and uh, it's uh, it's awesome. So you see a lot of couples. Would you say most couples are in that place of financial intimacy, or most are, are at war? They're at war. They they, they have no idea, <laughs> unfortunately. Which is why we wrote the book. Because as smart as we thought we were, we didn't know. And um, 
being a CPA and a financial advisor and being broke. Yeah, think about the rest of society. Yeah, so they they don't look at it, and it's just you know, it's not hard to do, Jordan. It's just easier not to, and it's easier to just uh, drop this into what I call the uh, non-urgent, important part of our lives, <laughs> and just deal with non-important, urgent, and a little important, urgent. So uh, until it becomes urgent, and it's too late. So once you've achieved financial intimacy, you say it's important to celebrate. How should you do that? Yeah, for us, um, it's just we have tied our financial goals to, you know, like the first big financial goal that we set. Uh, we said, okay, well, we're gonna we're gonna take that goal and add another add about ten thousand dollars to it, and uh, we're gonna stop eating out and blowing money that doesn't bring value to our lives, and we're gonna go to Pebble Beach. So, you know, we did that. Um, we've done that a couple times. We're golfers. We like to go out there. It's beautiful. Um, so you got to celebrate along the way, celebrate small wins. Because uh, if you don't celebrate, your energy's not going to keep up. And if you don't have fun along the way, you'll end up doing what I did for many years, which is you'll just sabotage the plan to go have fun. And uh, not it's not a good thing. You have at the end of your book a summary of a financially harmonious couple. Why don't you just briefly go through some of those things that are uh, kind of summarize the financial intimacy we're talking about. Can you go through them? I don't have the book in front of me, George. Sure. Well, the, the first one is that you say you're on the same page. So just talk about that a little bit. Yeah. I, and like I said, I, I think, uh, you know, unifying goal, um, knowing your compelling emotional reasons why. And you talk about having a mutually agreed upon financial segregation system. Yeah, long term, short term, uh, your fund money, investment accounts. You all agree on they get they get funded um, based on what you agree upon. Very powerful. And you're saying you focus on what you want and communicate and plan around it. Yep. For us, weekly check-ins, 15 to 20 minutes. What's our number one goal? Why do we care? Have we moved closer or further away? If we're further away, what's what small course correction are we going to make? That you respect money, both yours and others. Yeah, uh, respect small dollars. Um, understand that success is small things cared for, compounded over an extended period of time. So, you know, uh, watching money that's blowing out of your lives and uh, paying attention to uh, uh, those leaks. You say you should feel that money is good and that you deserve it, as opposed to, I guess, the, the negative people, uh, common negative view of money being evil. Yeah, absolutely. Um, money's necessary like oxygen. And then you say that you share a dream and are committed to creating that reality. Yep, unifying unifying goals once again, and and once and a unifying vision. What do we really, 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 really want? for our lives. And unfortunately, most people, not only couples, never really know what they want. And that you utilize each other's strengths to work towards goals together. Uh, people are going to have different strengths. It's now the two people are not alike. They may complement each other. Is that right? Yeah. My wife, controller, she's CFO of the home. Um, I'm really the entrepreneurial driver of, of, of income. Um, she, she contributes, but I'm the, I'm the driver promoter of our business and what we do and doing things like this. So we're able to uh, combine. 
and that you have fun, but you take your finances seriously. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's important. Um, you gotta be focused on it, but you know, be light, be calm. Don't be stressed. Um, have a blast along the way. There's no happy ending to an unhappy journey. You see the money as theirs, uh, regardless of where it came from. Yeah, it doesn't matter the couples we interviewed, whether, you know, the guy makes all the money or the lady makes all the money. It is their money and um, they see it as such. But you're still saying that they should have some separate pots as well. Should not all be together. Yeah, fun accounts. Absolutely, for sure. Yep. That people hold each other accountable and maintain a positive attitude towards money. Yep. Weekly course correction, um, weekly meetings. Um, for sure. Yep. That you give generously to charitable organizations and not only money, but give time. Why is that important to a good relationship? Yeah, I, I think you need to see that your wealth and what you're learning is making an impact. I mean, we're, we're here to, uh, to add value to other people's lives financially with our time and, uh, and make an impact is, you know, what, what gets me excited in her. In summing all this up, what kind of a difference would it make in people's lives to follow your advice compared to the way most couples are today? You know, I, I think um, I think a lot of people set a lot of goals, um, but I think we want to have inner peace, and I think that's what we're we're looking out for. And I had a mentor a long time ago. She looked me in the eyes and she said, "You'll never know how good you can be until money's behind you." <laughs> You'll never know how good you can be until money's behind you, meaning you don't have to worry about it and you're able to be comfortable but extend service, make an impact. And uh, the inner peace is, uh, is it's amazing. We all want it. And I, I think very few people have it around money and that's one of my missions. Very good. Well, we've learned a lot. Uh, my guest this hour has been Chris Felton. Uh, he's a financial services entrepreneur, author of the book Couples Money, what every couple should know about money and relationships. His website is couplesmoney.com. I think we learned a lot about how to get along a lot better. So thanks so much, Chris. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jordan. Thanks again. We'll be back next week with another edition of The Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and The Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.